you got an F-71 pilot to pilot, pilot. F-71 hawk to pilot, pilot. 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 Josh, it's, uh, it's hard to be funny on command. I don't know if you knew this, but it's kind of it's kind of hard to just come up with a bit to you know like intro the episode. Do you do you have anything in mind? I um I don't. Oh man, I, I can't come up with bad puns on the fly, man. Well, I have to have okay, context. so bad puns is your go-to. My bad puns are my go-to. Okay, but they need to have context first. Oh man, well, is there anything funny about the about the show Final Space? People are gonna die this season. People are gonna die. It's it's not even episode one yet. We're 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 just getting to episode one, and you think people are gonna die? I think people are gonna die. Wow, I can't believe you're so confident in just having a death toll already. We should have a death toll. <laughs> Welcome to Terracon Pride Times Corpse Counter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Welcome, you people of the universe. This is Terracon Prime Time. This is episode one, and I am your host, Jeremy. And I'm your co-host, Josh. And uh, we're just going to get right into it. So, as previously discussed on episode zero, if you haven't heard it yet, this is a Final Space podcast, and we're going to be reviewing every episode of Terracon Primetime. Uh, <laughs> we're, go- <laughs> we're going to be reviewing every episode of Final Space. So this is episode one. Unfortunately, there isn't a uh, a title for episode one. Oh, oh, it's it's called chapter one. Oh, well, there you go. Episode one is called chapter one. Redundancy. Well, I I have a feeling that like like my my go to like my first impression is just like the first season of an untested show and an untested content creator you know obviously backed by you know conan and tbs and and all these other you know parties involved but they probably felt it would be safer you know almost as if it was just like okay it's a 10 episode season let's just call it chapter you know like it's a short little novel of of final space it's it's a short little reading you know book that you can watch and it's just going to be divided in in 10 chapters so we'll call it chapter one all right you've heard us go over gary space and then you've heard us go over the pilot and now um it got picked up tbs um lit the show for a full series and it came out in february 2018 was it really that short ago because it feels like forever ago (laughs) You're right. 2018 was ages. It's like a it's a year and a half ago. Yeah, wow. A year and a half ago this came out. Man, I was I was young and impressionable back then. <laughs> no, it's just a year and a half younger than you are now. <laughs> yeah, no. And like I don't know, it just seems crazy that this came out over a year and a half ago. Having just rewatched it with you, it just as as like an opener to a show it sets up a lot of things but at the same time like in the in the grand scheme of things this was a boring episode 
to like to be fair like from from what we get throughout the rest of season one and and into season two it was kind of just a very you know episode in a bottle sort of thing where like we did have some you know glimpses outside you know flashbacks and and stuff like that but it was just gary in the galaxy one and that was pretty much it i mean they had other things inside of the episode that we'll discuss but like in the grand scheme of things especially just like opening up with with just gary's already like out in space in in the wreckage of what we don't know to be the galaxy one or even you know other infinity guard ships like very weird but very bold like choice of just starting with like presumably the end like starting at the end and then building forward it's attention grabbing for sure what are your thoughts josh what are your thoughts on the on the on the very beginning before the intro when episode one starts and you hear like those those soft chords opening out in space i kind of I kind of really liked that because it gives the feel that space is big and it's empty and it's desolate and full of debris. And then you just see, you just see Gary floating out there and it sets up a, it sets up a countdown. You have 10 minutes left until the oxygen runs out. Wonder if they're going to refer to that again. Oh, you think that's going to be a consistent theme that's going to be a thematic structure to the beginnings of these episodes? I don't know, man. Maybe. We'll have to see in episode two, in episode three, in episode four, in episode... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to watch all of the episodes and, and discuss our thoughts on that. But immediately, the first frame of it, it's it's really pretty. Like, there's the, there's the hand-drawn debris with the light glinting off of it, but then the backgrounds are, I think... Uh, Olin said they're real space shots from the Hubble that they just colored to make it brighter. Yeah. For one, it was already going to be a space cartoon, and I'm into that because it's space, and I like space. But yeah, they, they I'm pretty sure he did confirm that those are shots from the Hubble. So already, like, saving budget by using public domain images... But public domain images that are just super beautiful, like incredible shots. I mean, I love space. So like just even seeing this and just how detailed it is and like having having the wherewithal to to make that as a creative decision. It's just like we could draw the backgrounds and they probably did here and there. But to 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 use what was already quite literally there out in space to use what's already there and just open that up with episode one it's just i appreciated it because yeah, it's really it's really detailed and it's probably a lot more depth than and it would have taken a lot more time to have drawn the same thing out i guess it just doesn't have the same effect as the photos do no, definitely not. I mean, you you could, you probably could get something similar. I mean, with like a random scattering on like a paintbrush and, you know, like a wispy sort of brush and sort of get somewhere close. But to do that for like 
every frame and to possibly like have it animate would definitely be a lot more time consuming and a lot more like budgets being put into like your backgrounds. So already having, you know, public domain images that are breathtaking in of themselves and then just using that for your backgrounds is honestly really smart. And it definitely adds to like that loneliness like you've kind of talked about. I mean, space is big and vast and empty. I mean, like even though in these, you know, backgrounds, you can see, you know, dense clusters of stars. I mean, there's millions upon billions of miles in between a lot of those stars. Like it's a vast, you know, empty, lonely universe really out there. And they're, yeah, they're all really out there. Yep, and open up on just destroyed wreckage and a single man uh, just alone in space. It's like, um, it's like gravity. Man, you're acting like I've seen gravity. <laughs> you haven't seen gravity. I haven't seen gravity, okay? I haven't been to a lot of movies recently, and I should have. And I don't want to have people in the comments criticizing me for that. So how dare you call me out for that, Josh? Oh, yeah. And then the second shot is just everyone bloody, no eyeballs. The death Ugh. count begins. Yeah, the death count begins. How many people? Oh, wait. You wouldn't know it at the very beginning because you haven't seen all the, all the uh, you know, what's at stake or anything like that. But there is... Like, dead center, it looks like there's a Ventrexian. Is that Ventrexian armor that I'm seeing? Because there's uh, definitely the the infinity helmet, guards. Right? Yeah, the, the helmet. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's one of Lord Commander's forces, but I don't know if it's a Ventrexian, Ventrexian. Fair enough. So, Lord Commander uh, So, let's see. Force. That is, I think that's eight corpses. Just looking over this image again, just... It's disgusting. It's detailed and it's gory. Like it's well drawn, but it's also hideous. Oh yeah, you have eyeballs missing, the just sockets of where the eyes used to be. The teeth are popping out of the gums. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like like even that it's just like well, for one, is that what really happens in space to your teeth if like you if you don't have you know, your helmet on, do your teeth just instantly get, like, separated like that? <laughs> like, I'm just looking at this now, I'm like, oh, that's either he had very bad dentistry, or, wow, space can really mess up your teeth. <laughs> Poor frog, man. Poor everything in this image. I mean, people cut in half, people without their heads. Like, it's, ugh. People missing legs. Like, this is just, it's violent. I don't like looking at this anymore. Josh, don't make me look at this anymore. All right, all right, let's keep going. (laughs) And then it's Gary. Somewhere in all this debris, there's just a frame where it's Gary in the middle of all of it. Mm hmm. You just see the sun glint off his little helmet visor, and he's just alone in there. Oh man, he's so alone. But he's not. He has he has Hugh. Well, yes, he has Hugh, but like as we've seen in this episode, like it's really just him and a bunch of robots and and an AI 
I would call, I would, even though he has Hugh and he has a rapport with Hugh, I would still call that very alone. Like, he's, like, at least, okay, so technically this is the future from, from what we can see in the show, from, Mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've seen all of season one. This is technically the future. So we know that he has interacted with other people and he has a crew and, you know, he, at least right now in this moment he is alone but to somebody who just started watching this who has no you know sort of idea that you know of the things to come and what's about to happen like you you wouldn't know that those people in the previous frame were his crew or his enemies or you don't know what they are so you just see them as corpses and then one sole survivor. And and what is that like? Does that like mean anything? Like, was that like the setup? Is that he was the like last survivor in some horrific space battle? And then it finally, you know, kicks into, oh, he's recovered, but he's still alone on his ship. Because we don't we don't know about any of this beforehand. Because it is, you know, flash forward, flash back, set up all of season one. Mm-hmm. Right after that, it just goes jump cut into the 3D credits, the 3D opening intro. Oh, this intro. Oh, <laughs> uh, season one's intro uses oh, man. 3D models of 2D characters. Well, to be fair, I don't think that they look terrible. I think the 3D model for Hugh is pretty spot on. Oh my, shut up. No. (laughs) To be fair, this intro, it's not bad. It's just not great. Like you said, it is weird having 3D models of 2D characters. For the most part, they are pretty accurate. I think just not really having sort of the... Like the 2D style, while it's mostly there, it's still sort of off. It's it just feels like off-putting almost. Like it just feels a little disconnected from what like the show is almost. Mm-hmm. And, and going by details, Kevin looks pretty spot on actually. Yeah, I mean Kevin looks looks good. Mooncake looks good. I I mean. They are they are fair. They are, you know, mostly accurate. Had you not known anything about this show, like you went in completely blind, and then you saw this for an intro, it already spoils so much, kind of. Like, who's this yellow robot thing? Who are these cat people? What's this, you know, little green alien man doing floating and angry at the protagonist who's this woman who's this alien with With six six eyes eyes. yeah who is this it it i just think like it's just weird like i don't mind the sort of like 3d pan around everything i think it is fun like why is there a cookie colliding into into gary's face but wouldn't you i think colliding into your face I would rather it collide into my mouth and preferably already dunked in milk 
first is just, you know, like hitting my eye and bouncing off my face. And I missed the shot of, you know, killing my arch nemesis that wants to destroy my quite literally destroy my my world. <laughs> you know, but we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. But he did in the pilot. He did. He used Mooncake to destroy Earth. Mm-hmm. I think the the title, I think, I think the intro gets the job done. I think the music was really catchy. I really loved the music, especially hearing it for the first time. I was like, ooh, this is, this is fun. This is cool. I almost said this tastes good to my ears, but... <laughs> there, my... there we go. Yeah. Final space. It tastes good to your ears. <laughs> That's my honest review. It's good for you. Oh, I found another thing, Jer. Oh, no. What? Um, If you go back to where it's little Kato looking at his dad decapitating the guy, his nose is, like, moving weird. Uh, like, it <laughs> drops down over his mouth. Yeah, now that you uh, point that out, that is... slides up. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> his lips, yeah. Oh, and he's got a... His, his skirt's the same color as his shirt vest, if we didn't yep. see that already. I mean, I didn't think we were going to go that much into detail, but I think you also, for just Beth pointing that out. a different kind of fridge design. I go into details here, Jeremy. That's what I do. I mean, that's fair. You know, that's that's how we bounce off of each other. I definitely never would have noticed that. Yeah, Beth has a different handle design and everything. I'm well, that's a details what was, man. That's 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 true. That's accurate, and we, we I appreciate you for that, Joshua. I like that whole zoom out with the letters and the galaxy ones twisting around it. Yeah, I think there's a lot to still like about this intro, but now having seen. You know, we're, we are kind of biased because we have seen, you know, we're recording this in the middle of season two. Um, so we are a little biased. You know, we have, you know, forethought of what co- what is to come. But we also have, you know, the critical eye to see like, oh, what worked in these, you know, new episodes, what didn't work. Just sort of having seen the season two intro, which was much improved, but then also the behind the scenes of, hey, here's this other intro that we were thinking about going for for season one. You know, it's really just Gary falling through space. It's just funny how, like, a lot of us as fans of the show, having seen that behind-the-scenes intro, we're like, oh, that one is so much better. (laughs) We like that one a lot more. Why don't you use it? And to learn that it was... it tied into the pilot. Ooh, ooh, yes, yes it did. I hadn't considered that. When the time worm eats Gary in the pilot, it's supposed to be him flying through said time worm. Yeah, I hadn't considered that, yeah. Him falling through the time worm to set up into season one, wow. Yeah, and like, we we kind of talked about that with uh, with episode zero, like that's why i love like olin's he has attention to detail like he loves doing stuff like that you know making everything sort of connected and and hey did you notice this hey did you notice that like you know teasing us with easter eggs and stuff like that like he knows his fan base and you know he has a lot of previous material to work on so 
Yeah, I guess just sort of like thinking about that now, that behind the scenes intro being the time worm, I hadn't really considered that. Like, I I definitely just loved it because, you know, it was very visually cool. Just him falling through space and, and, and how chaotic it was. You know, he he was just tumbling. He He didn't have a control of the situation at all. Like, he was literally, you know, you didn't know if he was falling to his death or like if anything was going to like save him or anything like that. And, and cut it just, to white. yeah, cut to white. <laughs> Learning that it was like a network decision to have this intro, it's, I can see what the network was going for. They wanted something a bit more, accessible? you know, a little more accessible, a little more grandiose. That's a word, right? <laughs> it's something a bit bigger in scale, something that, you know, Felt a little more epic, maybe, or, you know, got the big galactic letters, you know, floating in space. Now, having watched season one, you know, at least three times through now, and now knowing, you know, stuff in season two, this intro is just, it don't, it don't cut it for me anymore. (laughs) It's boring. Get rid of it. Put it on the cutting room floor, Olin. We want a remastered season one, only to have the the better intro in. And more avocado. Well, yeah, keep everything else the same, except... (laughs) Just change the intro. Yeah, change the intro, and uh, more avocado, please. The guac will cost you extra. Oh, no. Don't (laughs) do a guac joke. Yeah, and then we just we just get into the episode. It sets up the Toro Nebula sector forty six three G. It's um yeah, it's past five G. Is why are you making? <laughs> I'm making bad jokes. Why are you making cellular jokes right now, Josh? We're making we're talking about Final Space. Because uh, the Toro Nebula has a big old planet in it. Big old Saturn-like-looking planet, and then they could have a regatta there. We call it the no. regatta. No, that's season two. We're not talking about that right now. There's a season two. Yes, yes, there is. So, kind of looking through this this ship again, empty, like. We, we have the hallway with a bunch of doors empty. You can kind of see Captain Gary. You can see the loading bay with, with the hawks in it. Still empty, though. Like, in the grand scheme of things. Like, there's nobody bustling about. The, the, the kitchen is empty. There's crap attack. It's got one good game on it. <laughs> well, Jeremy... Easy. I've researched the ship inside out. Oh no, what have you learned, Joshua, about the Galaxy One? Actually, not too much. (laughs) It's just very... I know the decks, and there are ten bedrooms. And it's kind of weird how it's just... How that's a prison ship. Like, what kind of prison ship has the equivalent of two fighter jets in the garage that you can take out whenever? Well, yeah, like, getting into that, um, what sort of prison structure do you have where you're sending people all alone out into space with, like, a fully armed ship 
but they're not allowed to leave it. Like, what's to stop them from going rogue and just being like, I'm not serving my sentence anymore? Like, Maybe that's what the AI is for. Well, yes, probably, but that's what I was saying. You know, let me mess around with the AI and, and stuff like that. Let me, you know, tinker with this and that and, you know, disable tracking and, you know, make sure you can't find me. Like, I'm just going to jack a hawk and then, you know, go to, you know, a, a war, you know, criminal planet or something like that. Like, what's what's stopping Gary from doing this besides, I mean, at least in this we we come to learn that what's stopping him is the quote-unquote love of his life, Quinn Aragon. You know, he's doing it for her. But, you know, as we watch in the episode, it's just some random girl he met, and he's like, oh, I'm so in love with her. Who's that spicy lady over there? And it's just like, you barely met this woman. You were on the run from criminals and you know suddenly you're head over heels you know for this woman and you do some some stupid things and suddenly you're sent off into space uh, aboard a prisoner ship and you're there for five years because of one woman like like i guess you know that's what i'm kind of getting into is like now that I think about it like that, now having it thought out like that, it, it is a bit of a weird setup for, like, the the first part of the show. Before we learn any of the other details that are going to come into this episode, like, you know, bounty hunters coming after Mooncake that he's hiding, you know, the Lord Commander. Yeah, we don't know who Mooncake is yet. We don't know who the Lord Commander is yet. You know, we don't know any of this. But we sure saw them in that intro. We sure saw them in that intro. And I guess, I guess, if you have watched the pilot, then yeah, you'd you'd know who they are. Yeah, you would know who they are. But like, as as somebody who doesn't have any background in this, you so know, like a first time viewer watching this on TBS. Yes, on exactly. TBS. <laughs> Very funny. Well, let's just say that the setup is, you know, man on the run finds beautiful lady goes to prison for five years is the setup of the show what do you do with that we open up he's you know he's woken up by hugh it's day 18 18 you know 1818 how is this man still sane (laughs) being five years alone like obviously we we get to meet kevin his deep space insanity avoidance robot counselor mm-hmm. why did counselor come into my head kevin is clearly not a counselor <laughs> so what is he doing out there what is gary what is gary's purpose out in the toro nebula well i have i i have a sneaking suspicion as as we do watch throughout the episode he's supposed to be repairing you know satellites or you know things of use to other people such as satellites or you know radio communications or anything like that but cuz we i would have to assume that he's he has not been stuck in the Toro Nebula for the past 5 years i would assume he's been going nebula to nebula galaxy to galaxy planet to planet you know 
just, he just fixing to be here at the start of the show. Exactly. But for five years, you're repairing ships and, and satellites and Sputniks. And we can see on the satellite that he is repairing, like he's so juvenile that he's putting like Gary was here. It's like, how often is this satellite breaking and how juvenile do you have to be to be like, I'm painting my name on this, like this, you know, probably million dollar satellite or whatever. Like You have to remember, he's also the man who wrapped like tape around it over and over again. Fair point. He's repairing a satellite with flex tape. Yes. I guess because we do learn later, like, you know, he impersonated an infinity guard so he's probably under you know military prison you know military tribunal for his war crimes of destroying 97 imperium cruisers in a small family-owned mexican restaurant sorry guadalupe (laughs) so we could probably assume that these are satellites beneficial and used by the infinity guard However, for whatever reason, the one that he does, I mean, this is kind of like a point of contention. I don't know why I'm really going into it, but like, yeah, it is space Netflix. Like, why is it, why is it a space parody version of uh, Princess Bride? (laughs) Wouldn't you watch a space parody version of Princess Bride? I guess I would. And I guess that just shows that, you know, Olin or somebody on the team is just a fan of Princess Bride. And it is a good movie. I won't discredit that. Um, I have to watch it. You Okay, so you haven't seen Princess Bride, and I haven't seen Gravity. So we're both at fault here. <laughs> How have you not seen Princess Bride? How have you not seen Gravity? Uh, well, like I said, I got busy, and I didn't feel like spending money on movie tickets. Whereas I watch a lot of movies in theaters and i just have never seen the princess bride so you know we keep watching now he has robot companions and he's marked their faces with with names that he could call them he's he's giving names to inanimate objects i mean they obviously animate because they're robots but they're not living but he's still marking him like, hey, Hank, how's it going? Want to play cards? Hank's having absolutely none of it. Yeah, Hank's having none of it. Burns, almost burns him alive. And Gary's upset. You know, I'm starting to run out of decks, Hank. He's been doing this a lot. He's been trying yeah. to get them to play cards only for them to flamethrow his ass. And then you have Kevin. Yep, and then you have Can- Ke- Canada. Yeah, then you have Canada. Then you have Kevin, his deep space so insanity, insanity avoidance. avoidance expert, something like that. Nobody likes Kevin. Nobody likes Kevin, not even Gary. He's the plight of his life. But like not knowing much about Kevin, like he's just sort of he's fun. He's a little random. He's doing his job. He's doing his job, but he's clearly not doing it well. In fact, he seems to be the one that's actually insane. But then, like, we kind of get into it. And, uh, no, it's... It's Gary. He's the, he's the insane one. You're right. Uh, he's labeled the refrigerator. He's named the fridge. 
and he's recording messages to a girl he's only met for a grand total of 10 minutes and sending her video diaries for five years straight. Season one Gary is very clingy. Very clingy. But also, like, why is he on the run? Why is he stealing things from people? Is obsessed over this woman for five years. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't know that, like, she's not responding. At least not until, you know, a little bit later into the episode where he was like, you know, there's a high probability that she won't respond, but there's a low probability that she will. Like, I forgot how you could do a Gary voice. <laughs> I can't do it that well, but I could, I could, I could put some effort into it a little bit. But yeah, just thinking about that, like, even that just little tidbit, like, hey, like, your messages haven't been going through. You've been talking to, you know... Nobody. Yeah, you've been talking to a wall for the past five years. Like, I don't know how Gary managed to, like, how he did not, like, socially sort of regress and, like, not know how to, like, interact with people anymore. For him to combat that and do the video logs, you know, he at least was talking, he was expressing his emotions, you know, he was fixated on one thing, which was a girl, which, whatever, at least he has something to focus on, but, like, knowing what we do know now, and, and maybe even, you know, a fresh pair of eyes, like, it does sort of come off as a little creepy, just to be fair, especially because, like, we learn in the flashback, you know, he's on the run, you know, he's stolen something, and then just happens to be in a bar that is filled with Infinity Guard, and just sees a woman, he's like, that is my new fixation. I like her. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to talk to her now. I'm going to... (laughs) I'm going to karate chop someone's neck meat and put them into a cryostasis like state and steal their uniform and hit on this woman now (laughs) like thinking about that now that's insane that's crazy he um he has interesting priorities yeah very interesting priorities because like he goes from stealing something to i'm gonna hit on this lady now (laughs) In quite literally the flip of a coin, you know, just drop of a hat, just done. I'm going to do this now. Who's that moist, spicy lady over there? I mean, he's still pathetic, so it's, it's (laughs) whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, he, he (laughs) he has to, you know, steal somebody's uniform. He trips over his own two feet, spills his, you know, money everywhere. Which is kind of funny to think about because, like, as he's getting the uniform, he's like, you know, three dropnoids, exact change. And then trips over his own two feet, his money goes everywhere, and doesn't, like, pick them up at all. Like, to me, that sort of screams, like, he has to be smart with his money. Like, he doesn't seem to be, like, made of money, especially if he's on the run stealing from people. Like, it would seem to me that he's, like, strapped for cash or, like, short on cash. But, Mm -hmm. 
like to have exact change and then to go to like I just you know fell my money goes everywhere but I'm gonna hit on this lady so like you know I could get her her phone number or something like that like you said very interesting priorities <laughs> and he's he's so engrossed in Quinn right and his and his disguise that he's willing to even attempt to fly a hawk fly a military <laughs> jet just to keep up the ruse uh, well okay so to be fair he's willing to try new things you know he's he's you know open While causing to a billions lot of, things. of dollars in property damage <laughs> yeah but i mean we'll, we'll we'll gloss over that we'll send him to prison for that you know he'll he'll repay his debt but yeah, he's, he's billions of dollars in damage for accidentally brushing two joysticks. Yeah, I mean, th- what sort of combat system is based on like hair trigger response, like just the millimeter of movement and bam, here it goes. I mean, I don't know a lot about warfare or a lot about guns or anything like that, but I know that there there exists like hairpin triggers because obviously I have that in my vernacular. Like I know that they exist, but like that is more so for like that's more for like scientific research and stuff like that. If you're trying to like you know measure you know the wavelength you know and the specific time for you know like a laser to go from here to there and measuring you know like like gravitational waves and stuff like that. Like that's what you would need like a like a hair trigger for, not like okay, I need to shoot this person out in space. Like, let me just, like, literally, you know, move a joystick a millimeter to the left and bam, he's dead. Like, that that seems wildly irresponsible of whoever designed that ship. <laughs> Ooh, okay, Um, I got a fun fact for this, actually. Oh, what's your fun fact? Give My me. My fun fact is that of the ships Gary destroys, those are all concept ships... Uh, concept designs of the Galaxy One. Really? Yeah. So the the proto Galaxy Ones, you say? They're proto Galaxy Ones designed by uh, Devo. So those are all prototype Galaxy Ones that he destroys. Okay. Oops. Yeah. And then even like the explosion is in like the middle of France or something or whatever. But it's it, they just call it Earth. Oops. Yeah. Destroyed yeah. somewhere on Earth. What gave it away? What gave it away, Quinn, that he's not a pilot? Yeah. <laughs> so she knocks him out. Uh, he gets sentenced. He gets put in, like, a traditional jail cell. Well, yeah, he gets put in a traditional jail cell. But, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, watching this, like, real quickly, this this little sequence, why is he transported, like, in his briefs to his ship? Like, you don't have the decency to, like, let him dress up already. Like, you have to walk him in his briefs With to his... With folded prison uniform on his hands. Yeah. Okay, so, like, we've captured the criminal or whatever. We've sentenced him to serve, you know, five years. But we're going to publicly shame him by having him walk pretty much in the nude to his prisonership. <laughs> I poor mean, guy. I guess... Yeah, poor guy. I guess it really doesn't have to make sense, but, like... When you think about it that way, the Infinity Guard is, like, kind of messed up. Like, they don't really seem like they should be guarding any sort of 
you know, planet or, uh, you know, race or anything like that. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe this was just for comedic effect. I don't know if I ever really, like, laughed at that, but it, it could be seen as funny. You know, like, <laughs> he's, like, you know, publicly embarrassed. He has to walk in his briefs to his ship and then get his ass smacked by his deep space avoidance companion. Oh, Mooncake. Got it. The central character of Final Space. The, the glue that holds it all together. The weird, oozy, squeaking green glue. <laughs> he goes chukuri pak, and that's about uh, all he does, really. Gary has never seen this life form before. It attacks his face. I've just met this thing, and I will protect it with my life. Yeah, like, uh, kind of a very strange concept, like, at first. But, like... But Mooncake is adorable as hell, so... Yeah, and I guess, you know, when you when you are alone for five years, and now you can have, like, a pet alien... And he doesn't seem all that violent, and he's kind of cute, and he goes chokety pock. And I he guess... reminds you of a pet left by your dead dad. Well, <laughs> we don't know that he's dead yet. I guess sort of just playing into the, you know how juvenile Gary seems to be in in the first season. Yeah, he just instantly takes in a alien pet for himself. And then we finally see the Lord Commander. Oh boy. This is he a is big so change tiny. from Yep, this is a big change from the pilot version where he was a little goofier and a little less a lot less competent in the pilot. And now he's a lot more homicidal. He's homicidal and he's intimidating. Oh, and he also has like telekinesis. Although I, I kind of just watched that sequence again, and everything else is animated fine, like camera shake, you know, is fine. And then it just, when he finally goes like, where is he? Like, I don't really like that camera shake. It just seems not lazy, but I just don't feel like it fits as an editing choice, personally. I, because like before... We don't really have that sort of camera shake. And then it just gets real wild with it, which I guess is... You're right, you know, I saw the blurry darts. Yeah, I guess, you know, it shows off his power, but, like, maybe there's a different way of doing that. Just because, like, before, like I said, there was just minimal camera shake, and it, it, it added to it. But, like, when it, it just got so blurry, I don't know. That kind of, like, just throws me out a bit. Because I'm like, oh, that's... It kind of makes the the, the quote-unquote camera, like, of the show, you know, seem a little less impartial and omnipotent. Like, it seems like it's actually, you know, like it's an actual cameraman and he got physically shaken, too. And, like, before, you know, it's just kind of, you know, the camera, quote-unquote, of, of the show is just sort of off by itself like it it isn't really affected by anything i paused my i paused the episode at about 9 40 mm -hmm. and where are his legs 
They're underneath his 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 wardrobe. <laughs> Does he just have him like kicked up somewhere? Or his knees up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. see his feet like, at all. His, I mean, well, like when you look at him walk, like his 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 outfit is completely down to the ground. Like he's he's embarrassed by his feet, Josh. He's he's very self conscious about his feet. <laughs> You can't just ask somebody why they don't show their feet, Josh. You know what they say about foot size. Oh, no, we're not getting into that. <laughs> Lord Commander is a lot more competent. He's a lot more evil. And he, he has straight powers. up killed the guy, which brings our death toll to nine, ladies and gents. Oh, no. And then just orders his alien pet right-hand man to just eat it. Like... Talk about dictator. It's just like, you will eat on my command. <laughs> That's kind of warped. I wonder if the growls uh, were Koti, too. For what? The um the second in command was also voiced by Koti Gallop. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't know that. So uh, he voices I mean, yeah, both probably. Lord Commander's second in commands. <laughs> oh, I did, didn't, didn't realize that. Please don't kill me and then he gets killed oh and then lord commander's voice too a lot more intimidating it's david tennant did a great job deep and i don't know how david tennant did it i would love to see some b-roll footage of like david tennant in the booth trying to sound progressively more and more scary yeah what would they ask for that like, hey, we need you to do a voice where it's like gravelly and and we low. need you to do a voice that's equally threatening and sounds like you have phlegm at the back of your throat. <laughs> and his chair is way too big. Do you think maybe he's compensating for something? No, 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 no. He's also not unfazed by blood landing on his face. So he's really psychotic. And then we get into the bounty hunters. Ah, uh, yes. Gary brings Mooncake back inside and tries to hide him, and it does like, not work out. Also, like, okay, so unless the bounty hunters were, like, tracking Mooncake, like, they saw him fly away into space, and they were just trying to follow him to, like, Gary's ship, that would make sense. But also, this thing is tiny. It's a tiny alien. How did you just instantly convene onto the Galaxy One and just be like, that's where Mooncake is? I guess, you know, maybe they didn't really know that. And also, it's like the only ship out there. Yeah. And it was like it in the general a... direction of where Mooncake was. Yeah, it could be a, this ship was in the direction he was heading. So we're going to check that out. Yeah, that's probably it. But also... How do they instantly have the technology to just, like, transmit the Lord Commander's, like, request? Not really request, more, uh... Order? Command. Yeah, order of being like, hey, hand over the, the Lord, moon cake. The Lord Commander's command? Or... Yes. Yes, the Lord Commander's command. <laughs> but, like, that either means that the Galaxy One's, uh technology it's it's infrastructure is very weak or the 
technology in the future is just a hell of a lot more capable. Well, we do see later in the season, without saying anything, that the Galaxy 1 can get compromised by an outside force. So it could just be that the Galaxy 1 has very sucky cybersecurity. That's probably it. I'd be willing to imagine that. Oh, and also learning about um, light folding, like faster than light technology. Yes, every sci-fi show in space has some sort of warp travel or light speed, and light folding is just really pretty. It's really pretty, but I also like the way Olin says it throughout like the season. I don't know why, but like just his delivery of light fold the ship, Hugh. Like, it just makes it seem... Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just makes it seem, like, very... Natural? Like, the very natural, but also, like, I don't know. I just really like the way he delivers it, I guess. I just like saying it along with him. Ah, so it's like a, it's like the whole engage or make it so or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then, like, as Gary commands (laughs) Hugh to lightfold the ship, and then the one bounty hunter is just like, they're lightfolding, and instantly jeopardizes the mission by getting into his own ship and disconnecting from the Galaxy 1, and suddenly there's, you know, the vacuum of space sucking out his compatriots, and... (laughs) They he's, get destroyed yeah, by the lightfold engine. Okay. I mean, I guess to be fair, from you know our understanding of how it works, if they stayed on the ship, you know, or at least in that section of the ship, and they couldn't get any farther, they would have been sucked out probably because of you know their ships disconnecting from the Galaxy One because the Galaxy One lightfolded away, so they would have been pulled out. And probably killed too that way, or at least like stranded, like Gary is, and you know the beginning of the episode all by himself until they you know sort of run out of you know oxygen and just die alone in space. But we have already seen like how violent the universe is in the beginning of the episode, and so just to see this happen, where he's like, you know, I'm abandoning ship, I'm saving my own ass and getting the hell out of here. It's brutal, especially because, like, we see, you know, his friends, you know, his his bounty hunter friends just get vaporized by the the lightfold engine. (laughs) Also, yeah, I really love that lightfold engine because it shows, it visualizes something that's building up. You see, like, the two fins on the side jut out and start spinning, and then everything just starts glowing. And it looks like... It's just so this satisfying. Is, it's satisfying, and this is one of those instances where, like, this is where the 3D is done well, because it's very clearly a 3D model of the ship, but it's mm-hmm. within the style of the 2D animation. You're right. It has the lines and the shape. Yeah, it it has the attention to detail that the intro was lacking, it seems. Basically, yes. The concept intro was a lot better than what we ended up getting in the end. Yeah. But this 3D, I think, works really well. Mm-hmm. Especially with the, what would you call it? Like the firework type pinwheels around it? 
it still feels natural to the show. It doesn't feel out of place when it's done well, like it fits, Mm -hmm. like, especially with like Gary floating in outer space around, you know, this other planet that they warp to, you know, it feels, it feels natural. It still feels good. It feels like very well animated. And I, and I loved it. Um, and I do love the light fold too. Like it's, it's chaotic. It's very vibrant. I'm surprised, you know, it didn't trigger epilepsy warnings or anything like that. So when we see him get jettisoned out into space, at first I was thinking, is this how the intro got started? Like where he's oh. the debris. But then I thought, wait, that's the wrong outfit. So something else has to happen. It's the wrong outfit and also not quite as many dead people. And there aren't any corpses around there. Yeah. So it's not the same. You're right. It's not the same, but it's familiar and that it's Gary floating alone in space. But also now that he is floating alone in space, he's already seen Mooncake fly into him. And then he's stuck in space and he was like, hey, you're going to need to let go of Mooncake and use your, you know, remaining oxygen to get back to the ship. It's like, I guess maybe it was an oversight or maybe it adds drama to the show. Maybe Probably the latter. Maybe he just didn't think about using Mooncake as a little tugboat. Exactly. Like, why didn't you just think about that? Like, Hugh, you're an AI. You can think about all these things. I mean... Granted, maybe he didn't observe Mooncake flying through space all on his own, and he didn't know that Mooncake could do that. Or he but, didn't assume that Mooncake would be strong enough to pull Gary. Yeah, that too. But, I mean, space, you're weightless. So, in theory, it would have been very easy for Mooncake to build up a slow momentum with Gary attached before they were, you know, got faster and faster and then got to the ship. But, apparently, the only way to save gary was to jettison his his oxygen oxygen, yeah and be dead for five minutes but then we see mooncake's true true colors his true abilities what's his true color is it green his true color is in fact green jeremy wow we we learn that mooncake can fire lasers from his mouth he, he's a fire in my laser, blah. Please tell me you know that. Welcome to 2007. Okay, he does. <laughs> <laughs> we see that Mooncake has the ability to destroy the asteroids. And then... He probably pulled Gary back to the ship. Probably pulled Gary back to the ship. And Gary at this point is already passed out. So he doesn't see that happen. But... We get that now, and Avocado sets up that, like, he's a planet killer, and Gary finds humor in that. He's like, he's so soft and innocent, and there's no way he could do that. Well, Jeremy, that brings us to who is Avocado? <laughs> yes, who is who is Avocado? Why don't you, you take the reins on this one, Joshua? All right. Um, so remember those bounty hunters from earlier? They, I vaguely remember them. They um they all died except for two, and one of them is stuck on the ship. 
Oh, and he's a cat. He's he's blue and he's a cat. He's not a cat. He's a Ventrexian. Wow, hiss. We talked about this, Josh, and it's in the show. Gary's a Presbyterian, but he loves all people. So, yeah, we have another person on the Galaxy One. That we do. And he's a talking cat man, bounty hunter. Voiced by Cote Galloway. Cote Galloway. You can tell these guys had so much fun recording this. Oh, yeah. Your very good friend is on the show with you, and he voices a very good secondary character. And Would you call Avocado secondary? I'd say... In the grand scheme of things? I'd say what? I know he's like part of the main cast. Cats. Part of the main cast. At least season one. Yeah. I like him. I hope nothing happens to him. Oh, nothing ever bad could happen to him. What are you talking about? Okay, good. Also, if you notice, what is that roll of tape doing on the table there? Gary bound his hands behind his back. That's what that's for. He used flex tape on Avocado's hands. How do you play cards with somebody who's got cards in their mouth? Very carefully. Maybe Avocado has a very dexterity-enhanced tongue. (laughs) Jeremy? No. I don't even like saying that. Oh, you're, you're killing me here. And that's pretty much like episode one. So we right. set up, we've set up that Gary's insane. Uh, he has a new pet named Mooncake. Who is adorable and has a Death Star laser in his face. Just right in his face. Mm-hmm. Gary loves cookies. He's aboard the Galaxy One. He's now being hunted by bounty hunters. And he was the poor dad trying to make sure Gary doesn't do anything stupid. And avocados here now. People have died. Quinn is here somewhere. And the episode ends with the abandoning bounty hunter is still following the Galaxy One. Mm Mm-hmm. And Lord Commander, which it's really nice how they're making good use of the episode time by showing more stuff over the credits. Yeah, that, I like that decision because it kind of just sets up this, the next episode too, which I think is very smart because then it just shows like the, the very final blips like, okay, Star Cadet, new form, Konako, Studio T, done. He used as much time as he could to, to, tell, to story. tell his story. Jinx. Dang it. <laughs> thank you all for listening to terracon primetime once again i'm your host jeremy and i'm your co-host josh and make sure to check us out on all of our relevant social media down below don't forget to like comment and subscribe and once again we're going to be watching every episode of final space and we hope you all uh will come along for the ride because in next episode things go <laughs> i was going to say like things get a lot crazier but i don't remember what happens in episode two, so that's not a really good setup. <laughs> it's the Terracon Prime episode. Oh, it is. So yeah, pay attention for that. Josh, do you have anything left to say?
Are the cookies done yet? The cookies will be done in nine episodes. Whack. Whack. <laughs>